Two episodes ago, we talked about putting our families before our ministries and how important that is. And in that episode, I made a point of not giving you a three-step process to make sure you're putting your family before your ministry or any specifics on what you should actually be doing, because I believed, and I still believe, that it's about your heart more than anything else. If you get your heart right, if you know that you your family is more important to you than your ministry, then your actions are going to follow that course. But it was pointed out to me that it can still be very helpful to have some actionable things that we can do to help put our families first. So that's what this episode is going to be. I'm going to be going over some of the actions that you can take to help put your family before your ministry, or at least help your family feel that they are more important because they are. It's just that we might not do a very good job of making them feel it all the time. Welcome to Maximize Youth Ministry. My name is Michael Collins. I'm the creator of the Tough Case System and host of the Maximize Youth Ministry podcast. I hope you love the show today. Let's get straight into it. Now, the first thing that's probably pretty obvious that you probably already are aware of, but I think more of more people know about it than actually do it, but it is scheduling time with your family, putting it actually on your schedule. And this way, you plan it out ahead of time and you're sure to do it. It's not just going to be something that you continue to push off and push off and push off. And not only scheduling this time with your family, these family outings, family dinners, family trips to the zoo or Chuck E. Cheese or wherever, but scheduling these things on your work schedule. So whatever schedule you use for work, put the family events on the exact same schedule. That way you know that you're not going to accidentally double book yourself and all of a sudden have to cancel either on your family or some ministry event, right? So put schedule time with your family, but actually use the same schedule that you use for the church events, the school events, the camp events, whatever it is that you use for your work, wherever you're working in ministry, use the same schedule. That way, when you somebody asks you, hey, can we have a meeting on Saturday at noon, you pull up your schedule and you can see you're not going to have forgotten about something you had planned with your family because it's going to be on the same schedule, right? <clears throat> Second thing that I recommend you do is involve your family in your ministry as much as possible. All right. This is going to look different for every person. Uh, Again, most of you listening are probably youth pastors, but some of you might be teachers. Some of you might have a background in camp ministry like me. Whatever type of youth ministry you're in, try to get your family involved as much as you can. Bring your kids to work with you if they're the right age, especially. And if you can't get them there, if you can't involve them for whatever reason, then at least be sure to share all of the good things that are happening at your ministry with them. Our jobs are very fun and very meaningful. We get to see kids' lives changed all the time. Share those moments with your kids, with your wife, your husband. Share them with your family. Help your family to see the value and experience the joy and meaning behind your work the same way that you do. That'll help them to understand your job and understand how important it is and get excited about your work just as much as you are. All right, number three, again, something very obvious, but more people recommend it than do it, is eat a meal together every day. 
Sitting around the dinner table together is crucially important to your family and to communication and making sure that you're staying involved in each other's lives. Eating a meal together around a table or at least not just where you're all sitting and watching TV because then nobody's talking, but in an environment where communication and conversation is encouraged, that's going to be immensely beneficial to you, to your ministry, and to your relationships with your kids and your spouse. So make sure you're eating at least one meal together. If you can't do dinner, make it breakfast. If you can't do other those, try to make it lunch. That sounds just about impossible for me, for most of our schedules, I would think, but maybe it'll work for you. Do that. And obviously, sometimes you're not going to be able to do it every day, but do it every day that you're able to. Try to make it a habit and a routine. It should be abnormal for you to not eat a meal together, not for you to call your kids down and say, hey, we're all going to eat together, and they look at you like you're crazy. The weird thing should be when you don't eat together. So just make it as much of a routine as you possibly can. Number four, put your kids to bed if you have kids. Put them to bed every chance you get. Putting your kids to bed, tucking them in, reading them a bedtime story if they're of that age is just a great way of showing them that you are there, you are present. Being there when they go to bed and being there when they wake up will help create a sense of stability in them, in their view of you and their lives and make them aware of the fact that you're going to be there. You are present. One of the best things that we can be for our kids is present and being there as much as we possibly can. So put them to bed. I know you got a project, you got something you have to finish, but pause for a second. I heard a quote once from Douglas Gresham, who was the stepson of C.S. Lewis. And this is something he said, I don't know if C.S. Lewis told him directly or something that he learned from C.S. Lewis. But the quote says, our own work is not nearly as important as the interruptions to it. A lot of times, the things that are interrupting us when we're trying to work is life. It's people, the people that we love uh, that are... <laughs> family or friends or just people that are very dear to us and they are more important than whatever it is that we're working on so don't get irritated when you get interrupted because that's life enjoy it pour into those relationships anyways put your kids to bed the next one goes right along with putting their kids to bed i mean it's the same it's the reason behind putting your kids to bed that i already mentioned but it's just being present when you're with your family, be present. Don't be on your phone. Don't be sucked into the TV, okay? Um, you need to be there and be paying attention or doing something together or with them. This is mainly talking to those of you who have kids because your spouse can pull you away. They can tell you, hey, you know, you need to, we need to stop watching this movie or get off your phone. We need to do something you know, help me with the dishes, whatever else. They can usually communicate that with you. The kids won't most of the time, or they don't know how to tell you, hey, I need attention right now. They're not as good at communicating as adults are. Um, so we need to be extra vigilant to make sure that we are not ignoring them even when we are around them. That brings us to number five. The fifth thing you can do to put your family before your ministry is answer your phone when they call you no matter what. This is something that I learned from my father, uh, but the only reason that I won't answer my phone when my wife calls me is if one, I didn't hear it ringing, or two, 
I'm physically unable to get to my phone for whatever reason. I don't care if I'm in the middle of a teaching or a talking to some to my boss, to anyone. I don't care if I'm talking to the president. If my wife calls me, I will answer the phone. Now, I won't always have a long conversation right there. If I'm in the middle of something important, I'll answer and I'll say, hey, I can't talk right now. Is everything all right? And she says, yes. I'll say, okay, I'll call you back in a minute. And I hang up, okay? Um, but I will always answer the phone because I don't know if it's an emergency or not. And I want her to know that she always has access to me because she is more important than anything else that I'm doing. And when I have kids that are old enough to have cell phones, I'll always answer the phone when they call as well. Um, it's the same thing. They are more important than anything else that I'm doing, and they have access to me whenever they need me. If it's not an emergency, if they can wait, then I'll ask them to wait sometimes. If I'm doing something really important, I'm not saying you have to drop everything anytime your kid needs a snack or your wife needs to ask you a question, but... They are able to get my attention anytime they need it, just in case it is an emergency. Imagine how awful it would be to ignore a phone call from your family and then to find out that it was an emergency and something terrible had happened. Um, so hopefully that never happens, but that's why I will always answer the phone when my wife calls. Now the next one is not quite as serious, just something fun you can do. Pulling your kids out of school early and take them out to lunch. Nothing makes a kid's day more than getting pulled out of school early. So if your kid goes to a public school, pick a day, talk to their teacher, figure out when would be a good day for them to miss the afternoon, and just go and get them, surprise them, take them out to get ice cream, get some McDonald's, whatever else. These are gonna be some of the most memorable days to your kids, and it's an easy way to just improve their whole week. It's like the most exciting thing to happen to you as a kid when you hear your name get called through the intercom when you weren't expecting it and you get to go home. <laughs> it's the best. So I recommend if you've never done that before, try it. Your kids are going to love it. Now, here's another one. Number seven. Number seven is something that even if you don't have kids, you've probably experienced, I'm sure you've experienced it because you work in youth ministry, but it's when you're having a important conversation with another adult or another kid or just working on something that needs to be done and a kid runs up to you and really wants your attention. <laughs> they come up and stand next to you, they go, dad, dad, or mom, mom. And they're just standing right there waiting for your attention and you're trying to focus on the conversation that you're having. What do we do? Because we don't want our kids to think that we don't care about them because we're talking to another adult. But we also don't want to interrupt this very important conversation just because our kid wants a dollar for the vending machine. So what you can do, and this is something that I learned from my father as well, is just reach out and put your hand on the shoulder. You don't have to interrupt your conversation. You don't have to do anything other than that. But just reaching out, touching their shoulder, putting a hand there just says... I acknowledge you, I know you're there, I hear you, I'll be with you in just a minute, just sit tight, okay? That's usually all it takes, and it just lets them know, dad knows I'm here, he, he's he's aware of me, He's I've got his attention, but he's just busy right now. So just, just reaching out, finding some way to acknowledge them, even if you can't reach them, just give them a gesture or something, acknowledging them in some way, it goes a long way, just helps them to understand that they're not 
being ignored because they're less important, that they matter, that you care, you're going to help them with whatever it is they need, you just have to finish what you're doing first. Obviously, if they're injured or something, you're going to, I mean, I don't have to tell you that. You know that you need to stop for that. But yeah, there you go. I hope that's helpful to you. Um, And that acknowledgement of, hey, I see you, I know you're there, that goes a long way. Not only with kids, but with our spouse as well. If you're at a ministry event with your wife or your husband, find ways to acknowledge them. Obviously, talking to them is the most obvious, but if you can't talk to them, if you're on opposite ends of the room or you keep getting pulled into conversations with other people, find a minute, find a moment uh, just to maybe send them a text from across the room, uh, something funny, um, or give them a wink if you're walking past them, a pat on the back, kiss on the cheek, anything like that. Just little, th- any opportunity you get to show them in some little way, hey, I see you. Um, I'm busy, but I see you. I acknowledge you. That. I mean, that's going to be a tremendous help and make sure that they feel loved, um, even if you're busy with whatever it is that's happening in your ministry at the time. I hope that this has been helpful to you. If you have more, if you think I've left something out or if you got a really good one, reach out to me on Instagram at Michael W. Collins. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested Go to MaximizeYouthMinistry.com and you can check out the Tough Case System for Handling Discipline and Behavioral Problems. I give it away for free. You should be right there on the main page. Just scroll down until you see Tough Case and you can download that free guide. And I think that will be a tremendous benefit to you as well. Thank you for listening today. I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.